Welcome to the UDP Broadcast, a podcast where some friends get together to talk about gaming-related stuff and offer somewhat informed and uninformed opinions. I'm Luminary, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, I'm the Eternal Barcode. Beep boop. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> I don't know why that's killing me. <laughs> we're we're going to be laughing the whole episode, just deal well, with it. Well, like the, the whole Imy lore is like, I'm a barcode, beep boop. Right? And this one's just beep boop. I don't know why that one got me. And fresh from the wilds of Mississippi, the Nordic Cajun. Skull and flesh be, my friend. And terrorizing players in WoW Classic is Crit Chicken. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hi, Dr. Nick. <laughs> Today... Oh, I'm going to pour my, myself more liquid grape juice. Wait, liquid grape juice. Is, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I should have just let you have that. <laughs> liquid grape juice. Liquid... Uh, I just... <laughs> We're off the rails already. It's already three minutes in. I'm cool. I leave your ass for one night, and I'm gonna go have a liquid grape juice now. This is grape juice brought to you by the Eternal Barcode. It's better than gaseous or plasma grape juice, I guess. Okay. Hey, you know, I mean, if you ever start bottling that stuff, you could always put barcode just over the um as a label and be like, simply barcode. Hey, I'm I do that because I do I'll, the labels I can print. Let's go get behind that real quick. <laughs> Hell yes. This episode brought to you by Liquid Grape Juice. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that gets you high. And it's like, no, that's the wrong word. God damn it. Scan my wares and see what you like. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Today we'll be talking about <laughs> wages, patches, and murder. It's Moida, he says. Moida. So stick around and enjoy the show. So, liquid fucking grape juice. God <laughs> damn. I'm sitting there, I'm rolling over it, you know, my scientific brain's like, what are the, uh, you know, the phases of grape juice? How, you know? It starts as a liquid and it liquefies again. <laughs> it liquefies again when it's fermented with uh, yeast. I guess you could there say he go. might need some time to mull that over. Oh. <laughs> Brutal, but awesome. Woo! <laughs> Brutal. Best five-minute intro of a show yet, folks. I'm Stick already. with us. We're going places. <laughs> so, so EA yeah, is deciding to bring out a new policy to cap the cash portion, cash portion of executive severance packages but not the amount of stock included in their compensation packages. What in the fuck is that? A little bit of background. There was a filing that was spotted by Axios this week that EA is no longer offering an employment severance or separation agreement with any of the executive officers that exceeds 2.99 times the sum of said employee's base salary plus annual bonus targets. This new structure is a partial recognition of a proposal that was set forward by shareholders and voted on earlier this year that was aimed to combat the firm's, quote, tendency to overpay management. As someone who has played EA games, watched them release them and never support them, thank you fucking shareholders, but try harder. You're on the right track. <laughs> You're doing something. We're proud of you. God damn. Yeah, I I read into that. Some of that was ridiculous. Like, oh no! Instead of making eighteen million dollars, 
you're going to have to make $11 million, but get more stock. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're employees. Well, and that's the thing that really bothers me is all these executives. And I think that's where everyone likes to go to and be like, Mer, hey, the scene changed. Nice. I think that's where everybody <laughs> likes to uh, run at and be like, you know, kill the billion or eat the billionaires. I guess that involves killing them unless you were into that weird shit. It tastes um, like chicken, so it's fun. Torgo's hey, billionaire powder. Was that what it was? Torgo's executive powder. Yeah. There you go. It uh, soothes the itch, or you can feed it to the heads in the jars. Thank you, Futurama. Mm-hmm. anyways what really bothers me is when these executives get millions of dollars in compensation uh they don't actually do a whole lot of actual work but it's the quote-unquote market standard uh, or industry standard to be paid excessive amounts of money where a whole chunk of that money should be going back down into your production teams so you can actually pay people who will want to stick around in your company longer Yeah, I mean, nice. good on the shareholders for trying to go that route of saying, no, you're getting paid way too fucking much. But at the same time, they got to start taking that stand elsewhere as well and take a much harsher stand against the executive pay because it's outrageous. When you're making like three, four thousand times the amount of your base employee salary, I have significant problems with that. Like, you can't spend that level of money in your lifetime. Why do you need that much money? Fuck you. I'm looking at you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've, I think I've said it on here before, but I'll say it again. Common sense is a superpower when it comes to this kind of stuff, especially in business these days. Like, the, all these companies are complaining that the it's they're letting all these people go. They're firing people left and right, and they complain that their business is sucking because nobody wants to do the work. It's almost as if they don't want to see what would happen if they would actually pay their employees to see the incentivization that would come along with it. Why? Yeah. It's why we have this whole... I think we talked on a couple of weeks ago, this whole um, quiet quitting thing is going on right now. Like Ooh. people are tired of going above and beyond for peanuts. You're going to have to enlighten me on that. Is that what you like quietly quiet quitting? quitting? Yeah. Quiet quitting, quiet quitting is, is, uh, it's not a, it's, a, it's not a new thing. It's, it it's happened been around since like the forties. Oh yeah. But it, it's, it's resurging right now. It's, it's the basic employee sitting there, and saying, when I clock in, I work. When I clock out, I'm done. I'm not coming in a minute early, and I'm not staying a minute late. I'm coming yeah. for exactly... It's work to rule. Yeah. Literally work to rule. And no, wait, that's how you form a union. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, if you don't want to pay me for doing my job, John's job, and Samantha's job, I'm going to do my job and fucking leave. And do nothing else. Yeah. Don't and, go above and beyond. Don't do anything outside your job scope. Just do exactly what's in your job description and nothing more. Because I'm, I'm sure in the 40s, 50s, on up to maybe even the 60s, 70s, you could do that. You could go above and beyond and get compensated for it, and you could get recognition for it. These days, if you go above and beyond, they expect you to stay at that top that top level of beyond, above and beyond. You know, funny you should say that. I had a very interesting conversation with a friend of mine who works in the insurance compensation industry. And he does claims processing. And all he really has to do is process claims. And depending on the uh, insurance policy that a person has, it will take longer or shorter because the company he works for has a couple different uh, policies available. But they like to, the company likes to average everybody's targets based on the average amount of time for all the policies. Some policies take 10 minutes to complete. 
Some of them take 45 minutes to complete. Some of them take about an hour to complete. But they average that out and say, oh, every policy shouldn't take you more than 20 minutes. It's like, mm. no, mm. no. And then one of his coworkers, one of my friend's coworkers, was doing, you know, say, say you had to do like uh, 10 in a day. He was doing 15 or 20 in a day. So he's doing like 150% or 200% of his actual work. And he's like, oh, yeah, look, I'm doing this much. And my buddy points out, like, because their, their bonus is tied to how many claims they do. But there's a, there's a hard cap at, like, I think he said, like, 13 or 14%. So you don't really have an incentive to go above that. And it took him a while to explain to his coworker that every time he goes, like, 200% or 150%, he's raising that bar for the following year where he's going to have that as a minimum before he can get a bonus. And it took this dude months to realize that the guy was actually shooting himself in the foot. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah. Uh, and, that, and that's the common thing. I mean, even in the medical industry, like I work in, in the bigger hospitals, if you show that you can do, in their lab, for instance, if you, if you know, if you can show you can work chemistry, blood bank, microbiology, and coag, they will expect you at least to do all of that twice a week. And some people dedicate their lives to one of those departments. Like my wife, she is strictly microbiology, strictly. Mm -hmm. But if you show that you could do microbiology and blood bank, oh, they will make sure you're on the roster to do microbiology and blood bank, sometimes in the same day. First half of your day, micro, second half of the day, blood bank. And that will be your minimum requirement. I mean, when you say, I don't want to do that anymore, they're like, well, tough. You're here. Yeah. Get to work. To me, it just tells me all these people who go try and do like four or five different things outside of their job scope to really just show off have never worked in the IT industry. I can't speak to the programming side of the house or the database management side of the house. So that's Lumi's field. <laughs> uh, but as far as the first, second, and third line support, that's what I do. I can tell you, we work to the very bare minimum because we have all at some point in our careers been put in that situation where you do one thing outside of your job scope that becomes now the ad hoc standard, which quickly becomes the de facto standard of you will look after this. And then you have your scope creep, or uh, as you know, my military, tra military training taught me, your mission creep, that it now expands and expands and expands till you're doing so many other tertiary things when your primary role is getting neglected, your primary function is getting neglected. Um, those of us who've been in the uh, IT support side of the industry for long enough, no, you don't take on any extra things outside of your uh, written, you know, job description, and you avoid any extra work as much as humanly possible, because at some point in time, that extra work that you're doing just for a favor will become your permanent job title. It goes beyond that, too. I've always preached, and I've been in a uh, advisor role for about four to five years now, and... Uh, one of the things that I do preach to any engineer that I come in contact with, and I, I am, I'm, I'm effectively database support is what I am, so I'm very familiar with that whole ma mindset. But I've made it very clear that don't do more than what you are required to do, not necessarily for the reasons that it will be expected. It's the fact that you can't prove the system is broken if you keep applying duct tape. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, you have to let things fail but there's so many people who are like, oh, I just want to be nice. And they do so much extra work just to put a Band-Aid here and some duct tape there. And 
by the time you're done, you realize that uh, your airplane is now held together with nothing but duct tape and band-aids. You're like, how the fuck is this getting off the ground? Uh, duct tape's pretty strong. I bet you you could do a duct, uh, duct tape airplane. I bet you. Throw a little, you, throw a little you bubble could, gum up in that bitch. You're not going to get a 737 off the ground with nothing but duct tape. <laughs> Maybe that's the analogy I'm going Maybe. for. If you make the ribs of a 737 out of duct tape and the entire superstructure and internal structures out of duct tape, it's not going to lift the engines because the engines won't even be able to fire because they're going to melt from duct tape. <laughs> oh, the smell! Mm. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Bring so, marshmallows. But uh, the bottom line here is, is that I think so. While this is a great kind of an okay thing that's that, that's kind of been announced, like oh yeah, we're not paying as many millions of dollars. Um, where the offset of actual work done, it's almost like being rewarded just for holding a holding an office, almost. Yeah, it's like a politician. When that oh. money could be filtered down for I don't know four day work weeks, it could be filtered down for. Uh, merit raises. It could be filtered down for employee enrichment. It could be filtered down for all kinds of stuff. And Honestly, I, raise... I wouldn't even say merit raises, uh, merit raises ever. Because when you start basing someone's raise on merit, that becomes very subjective. And you get a lot of chances for favoritism. If you guarantee people raises per year, I know employers like to say, well, then they're just not going to do any work because they know they're going to get a raise. They work actually harder because they know they're going to get that raise and they want to make sure they feel they're earning it. So uh, when someone tells you, oh, if they get a raise, no matter what, they're just going to not work. That is a, I don't want to pay you line that I've heard way too many times. <laughs> in career. Well, I think I'm more referencing along the lines of across the board, not for individuals like, you know, kind of like a, a uh, market equi equity adjustment kind of. Yes. Yeah, those, those sorts of things, like uh, if you're adjusting for inflation, you're adjusting. And what's really neat is I think we, provinces and states and countries, need to get away from national, or like, I want to say get away from a national minimum wage, but have it somehow written into law that your minimum wages need to be, well, actually, our minimum wages here are pretty good. Uh, we just kick politicians out of power until they raise minimum wage for us but what companies need to do i guess the better way i should be saying it is companies need to look at market adjustments based on cost of living in a geographic region so like if you live in the vancouver washington or vancouver bc area or the toronto uh greater toronto area or even on in the uh national capital region of ottawa uh gatineau and canada in uh you know in ontario you need to be getting paid more money uh, for your minimum wage than, say, someone out in the middle of rural nowhere because your cost of living is going to be a lot higher in those uh, those areas versus, you know, somewhere else. So companies really need to get on top of that, start paying people appropriately for their, you know, living conditions. Yeah, and I agree. And on that note, uh, segueing into the second half of this wage conversation, um, UK studio Chucklefish boosts wages to help offset costs of living. Yeah, Chucklefish. I Ch love that name. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's my dog. Special guest Poor appearance. <laughs> hey, Rover. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you yeah, he's, come on over? He's stuck so in to case you don't time. know who uh, Chucklefish is, they're the makers of Starbound. And something I only found out recently, their company is made up of 60% women. 
which is goddamn awesome because I want to see more women in this industry. Mm-hmm. People clap. Yee. Yeah. They've... And, uh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, my dog cut me off. You cut me off. That's fine. I don't care. Why no. you have to cut but... me off? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, oh, no. But yeah, it, it is. I, it, you know what? Take it from here. I can't get my words out. English hard. <laughs> words difficult. Ugh. Uh, so Chucklefish is increasing their wages by 4,000 pounds or $4,500 U.S. to help employees uh, with their ongoing cost of living issues, especially in the U.K. where things are going through the roof. And the communications manager, Alexis Trust, uh, broke the news on her Twitter page uh, in a post saying that the wage bump is company-wide and it follows a 10% wage hike they had earlier in April of this year. So that is also super fantastically awesome. It's as if they somewhat care about their employees. Go figure. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Like, I'm super thrilled. Like, more of this, please. They have a great name and a great ethic. I'm already on board. Chucklefish, we'll take care of you. Yeah. I've never played Starbound, but now I'm even more inclined to uh, go buy that, try it out. Got me curious now. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, I I was there when it was still in uh, early access. It's a fun game. They it, they've they've put a lot of work into it. And it's worth a shot. It's like Terraria, but infinite because you can go to as many worlds as you want. Which is yes. So if you're into kind the of t- like the Exodar, yes, except for crashing into a planet. Oh yeah, you get your own <laughs> spaceship. It floats up in space. That's where you respawn when you die. It's it's a great game. Yeah, the the difference being is in the Exodar, you crash your ship. In Starbound, you keep your ship. <laughs> I mean, you still keep your ship, the Exodar, but it's kind of permanently bound. Not Starbound. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well played. Well, they've got some other games out that are of note. Hold on. And it's worth mentioning that it's more than just that. I mean, they're in business. I mean, they, 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 they what, early access that game back late 2010? 2012 something like that but they've had other things come out that was of note they're more playing a publisher role in some of these situations where they're facilitating other smaller developers to get their product out so hold on they also make a game that's called starmancer that reminds me kind of like ftl meets uh terraria almost That's kind of cool. I'm all about Terraria-style games, too. That that game it took up way too much of my days when it, it first came out. Lumi can attest to that. We <laughs> spent some time on that damn game fighting the Eye of Cthulhu and diving dungeons. Oh, yeah. With, with all, the whole Idris crew, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. I'm looking at their uh, Steam page now. There's Wild Frost, Locomotive, Eastward... Uh, war group. Not to be confused with Westward. First <laughs> <a> good word. <laughs> Eastward, the sequel to Westward. Um, in most, Westworld? uh, so a time spinner. There's a whole bunch of stuff here that's worth looking at. And for a developer that is made up of like, like you said, sixty percent uh, women driven, um, it's it's worth a look. Support the efforts. They're treating their people well. Four day work weeks. They're the ideal company at this point. Oh, fuck yeah. 
I'm looking at just even a contracting position. It doesn't say the uh, the salary, but you have to be able to match their in-house hours of between nine and five or ten and six. That's for a contractor. Can you be able to work for us during regular office hours and not burn yourself out overnight? Type shit. <laughs> that is goddamn amazing. I will uh, let me contact. Of, let me contact my. Let me contact my agent. Yes, yes. I can. When you look at the benefits for the full-time permanent uh, pixel artist, uh, the benefits are four-day work week, Monday to Thursday, flexible hours between 9 to 5 or 10 to 6, with a one-hour lunch, no crunch policy and culture, private health care, profit-sharing scheme, and annual bonuses, and a bunch more. Like, that alone, if I was in this industry, in the programming side and the gaming side, I would absolutely be looking at it just for these benefits alone. Because I'm so goddamn old, I think of my benefits before I think of pay. <laughs> like, give mm. me a goddamn pension. Because I love my pension. Uh, I don't know. It seems like lately, pension's been a four-letter word. You have to do it yourself. Yeah, I looked into it. Your 401k is the, exactly the same as an RRSP for Canadians, which means it's all self-driven. Versus an actual pension will usually come in one of two or three ways of either defined contribution where you put in X amount and your employer puts X amount into your retirement savings, or, you know, you have a uh, guaranteed benefit, which is like very rare. And those ones are like, you're guaranteed X amount of uh, money per year based on a criteria uh, over your career. The, the difference being is that with a defined benefit, if there's a uh, loss in the pension plan, your, your employer's on the hook for that difference. If there's a gain in the pension plan, well, <laughs> you don't get to see it, but you don't lose it. <laughs> it's something, that JPEG. Yeah, like you're guaranteed, we'll say it's like, like 5% of your you know, salary over the last 10 years, of your best 10 years or average 10 years, whatever. Like you're guaranteed that money a month. And if the pension fund somehow loses money, you're still guaranteed that money. So your employer has to legally pay it. Uh, but if your pension fund makes a ton more money, well, you don't get to touch that, but it does get set aside for those years where, you know, you have, you know, stock crashes or whatever else where you see a downturn in the, in, uh, the investments, then that extra money sort of covers those losses type thing. Which is good. I mean, it's not a perfect system by far, but it's, 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 it's something. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's good. I would like to see more companies work towards a pension because that's going to attract people to stay long-term because 401ks and RSPs are great for short-term, um, but you're still putting all the onus on the employee to manage that. And a lot of employees, especially when they're in their 20s and 30s, who the fuck thinks of a pension at those ages? When you get Nobody. to like your late 30s, early 40s, and 50s, you're absolutely starting to think about pensions. 60s, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm retiring in five years. And if you're like me and you're pushing almost 1,000 years old, you're thinking of pensions for the last couple centuries. <laughs> Bring that pension here, boy. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you uh, that you're absolutely right in the fact that nobody thinks about it. You want to know why? Because we are consistently... a pressed by the cost of living yep mm -hmm. it's hard to say and that's that's again where pensions come into play because you uh you'll get those deductions off your paycheck and then you're not having to worry about investing it yourself 
Um, like in my province, you have your minimum wage and employers can optionally pay a portion of your um, two weeks paid vacation that you're guaranteed by labor law as part of your salary or as part of your, your pay, sorry, because it's not salary. Um, but that works out to like seven or eight dollars per paycheck, literally, because, you know, that's two weeks divided over 50 weeks of pay. It's not a lot per paycheck. So you tell an employee who's getting paid out their vacation pay in their paycheck to go two weeks uh, without pay to go on two weeks of unpaid you know, vacation because you've already got your vacation pay. 2,080 hours, by the way. Four. That's 40 hours a week every 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 week. Yeah. So spread over 2,080 hours is what they're dividing it by. So it makes sense in that, in that respect. But that's the thing. Like, that's kind of where, you know, if you make someone, if you give someone a, a 401k, they're likely going to put a whole lot less money into it because they have to think short term. Like, you have to think about housing. You have to think about food and bills and shit like that. Make sure you don't, you know, lose your vehicle or something. Right. Um, that also whereas, goes back to the conversation you were talking about, uh, thinking about your benefits before you actually take a job, like absolutely. Uh, employee Speaking matching. Benefits, jobs yeah. and stuff like that. Did you hear that uh, certain Starbucks stores and Amazon facilities are actually unionizing? Yes, there's yes, like yes, 20 yes, or yes. so uh, Starbucks and a couple Amazons are now unionized, and that's freaking awesome. But speaking of benefits, my buddy offered me a job where he works. And the first thing I said was, how does your pension work? Pension. And he had to go look it up. And it was funny because he, I thought he would just be able to check on like an internal website and be like, oh, this is my pension site. It says it works like this. He had to log in. And when you tell me you have to log in to find your pension information, I'm going to start guessing that it's a defined contribution. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, my friend's pension is defined contribution, which means, uh, he'd lost 8% this year because of the, over year over year from the pandemic. And I was like, no, no, I will not work somewhere with a defined contribution. Thanks, but no thanks, bud. Exactly. Because you have to manage that loss. Like you have to come up with that 8% difference. And when you retire, if you don't have that kind of money to come up with it, you're fucked versus defined benefit. Yeah, it's more expensive for an employer, but the employees are happier because they don't have to worry about that stuff. If there's an 8% downturn in the pension fund, they don't care because they still are guaranteed their pay. Sorry, I can rant about pensions and why they're so amazing all day long and why unions are amazing all day long. <laughs> We've done that too many times. No, so it's, and it's understandable. Just as, this in a in a world like we said, where the employer and the corporations just milk people for every every ounce energy they have and then don't compensate with anything. It needs to be yeah. talked about more. It needs to be brought up at the front of that. Guys, if you want these people to put out any kind of effort for you, you got to show at least an ounce of care for them. Not even an ounce. Like, you have to actually start caring. And we have to start stop talking about a livable wage. We can't be talking about that. Because a livable wage means you have your poverty line and you're just above it. That means it's livable. So if it's like 1% or 2% above poverty line, hey, that's great. It's livable. Fuck you. You want your employees to thrive. So whatever your regional 
poverty line is because I know in like Seattle, Washington, GTA in Ontario and you know the the national capital region and the uh, Vancouver greater Vancouver area those places are going to be way higher as far as the cost of living than anywhere else you have to start paying people a wage that allows them to thrive so if that means you pay 10 20 30 40% above poverty line so that they can thrive then you need to start fucking doing that because when you pay your employees enough, they won't be looking for extra jobs. They won't be worrying about having worked two, three, four, five jobs a week because they'll have enough money. And if they choose to do extra jobs, it's because they want to, not because they need to. Yeah. And the other side of that, too, like the employers absolutely have to do their part. Like here in the States, you've got uh, companies that uh, rely on welfare to carry their employees so they don't have yes. to. Yeah. Like that's some bullshit. Food stamps. Like Walmart is notorious for food stamps. Foods that you know. Oh, and their their fancy discount card. Yeah. And then of course, when you when you keep the minimum wage at seven dollars and twenty five cents for over two decades. Yeah. Well, the other side help things. The other side of this that that needs to be paid attention to as well is is that the cost of everything is what the market will bear, and if everybody's getting more money, the cost of everything's going to go up. Uh, because the market will bear it. It's a slow increase, of course, and you won't feel it until much later, but that's part of the, uh, that's the other side of this that needs to be paid attention to. Rent's going to go up like uh, my buddy who's staying with me right now. He just signed his lease, and over the pandemic, they raised his rent about 150 bucks on his next lease sign. Normally, it's like 40 right? 30 something yeah. like that. Something reasonable, but... Rent control is a good thing. Well, also the same thing with um, electricity, if you've noticed, especially down here, um, our electricity went from, so not only do you have, to, at least I don't have to deal with the rent stuff. I'm kind of living with my mom right now, so I'm just paying off her mortgage. But, uh, you know, I'm lucky on that front because I only pay $600 a month or whatever and groceries. But like... Apparently, electricity now went from $170, and two months ago, jacked up to 500 Then this month was 300 and then they say that uh, the next month is going to be the highest. You're not in a free market energy state like I am, are you? They shut down one of the, um, oh, whatchamacallit. They shut down one of the... Power generation stations? Yeah. Gross. Because our poor power grid can't handle it. Really? Because I think they said, oh, well, environment stuff. We just shut it down. I'm like, what does it mean for us? I'm I'm sorry. My brain's twisting and writhing in pain for this one. What? I think it was (laughs) like an environmental issue or whatever. They thought it was affecting the environment too much, and they shut it down. Right. Yeah, but it's also Ron DeSantis, so you can't really, you gotta take that with a grain of salt mm-hmm. or a truckload. Sodium flow. Yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> like for right now, I know that uh, since Texas is a free market state, right, the, the, the whole idea behind you pay lowest market wages because you have multiple providers. They all come from the same freaking place, which I don't get, right? Like, it all it all flows with the same lines. 
but it's all a Ponzi scheme. It let, is. Let me tell you about the fun thing that happened in Ontario. Ooh, let's so hear. for the most part, uh, electricity companies in Canada are provincially owned, except Ontario, ish. Ontario, back a number of years ago, uh, decided it would sell off and privatize its Ontario Hydro because most of Canada gets its power from hydroelectric dams. So it's not uncommon for a power company to be called something hydro. Okay. Hail hydro. So exactly. <laughs> it's clean. It works. And it's amazing because uh, most of us uh, sell it to you guys. <laughs> Keeps my rates nice and fucking low. Anyways. Ontario. <laughs> I, you know, uh, Ontario. UST to Canada conversion rates though. <laughs> Uh, we make an excessive amount of money because we charge in U.S. rates. Uh, so Ontario decided to privatize its Ontario Hydro or Hydro One, I think it was called at the time. Um, so provincially, it was still Hydro One, but they only owned the generation of power. But the main transmission lines were subcontracted somewhere else or sold off to some other company and subcontracted all over the place. Distribution to, from substations to homes or like down streets was a different company and then hook up from the pole to your home was a different company and people wondered why almost all of ontario was without power in what 2000 i want to say nine when i was 45 fucking minutes outside of pearson international airport in the goddamn air and they lost all the fucking power across the entire eastern seaboard I fucking hate privatized power. Because at least when it's provincially run, you don't care about making a profit, so you care about safety and efficiency and reliability. When you care about making a profit, all that other shit can slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's happening here. Oh no, you have to save energy because we haven't stored enough. The infrastructure can't handle it. I'm like, that's the reason why we pay you, is to maintain and provide. Right? And yep. upgrade as necessary. Uh, it 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 boggles my like it boggles my mind like the snowmageddon thing, okay that was bad but this last summer where they were like yeah so we're gonna adjust your Nest thermostat up to something unreasonable you don't have to participate but we're gonna do it to save power so everybody can have some. It's that no yeah. no no. <laughs> Just no. Right. No, you're not changing my thermostat to 82 degrees. I'm sorry. No. You can kiss the darkest part of my ass, sir. I'm going back down to 70. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, Lumi, you're not doing your part. Yes, I am. I really am. Uh, my tax dollars are working just as good as yours. So get your ass to work. Sorry. So, anyway. So, yeah. Cost of living sucks. Chucklefish is doing its best to lessen the load on their employees. Four-day work weeks. 4,000 pound a year raise for their for their employees. It can't be beat. This is on top of executives not making as many millions of dollars, but still making millions of dollars instead as a compromise. It doesn't matter. Well, the, the, the nice thing is those shareholders have been pushing for years to drop the amount of money that the executives at EA are getting paid. So good on them. They got a long way to go, but they at least got some concessions. So good on the shareholders. And that's the only way we start, you know, limiting these number of... The U.S. has 700 plus billionaires. The most in the entire goddamn world. The only way we stop this 
is by withholding compensation to executives and paying them a fuck ton less. So good on the uh, the shareholders for saying enough is enough. Like just imagine if you took just even a million from each of those little shareholders, not charter, the, the CEOs that they're talking about. Just take a million of that and put it back into your employees and just imagine. Fuck, that's new hardware, new hires, new benefits. Like, God damn. Not no, that 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 makes too much sense. I'm sorry. Got to get the guy his 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 extra Rolls Royce. So you got to get him up and up to go, up, up up to speed at the yacht club. Even to let them, or at least have the compassion to help their employees, the ones that are actually going out of their way to spend time away from their family to work for them, to make sure that they still have a roof over their head and they're able to provide for their, you know, families without having to worry with you know what's going on even after you know, going through this pandemic that we're in, you know. Just spoiler alert, without them employees, Mr. Uh, Mr. CEO, you ain't got a job. Oh, yeah. The people hold a lot of the power. Everything can start beaten down to uh, not realize that and crit hit it, you know, exactly right. It comes down to compassion and we, we reward narcissistic psycho and megalomaniacs. Mm-hmm. We, we lavish them with tons of money instead of looking for the most compassionate person to put in that CEO role. Because the compassionate person won't do the quote-unquote hard thing of firing and laying people off. No, because they'll find a better way to do something without having to terminate employments of countless numbers of, P, uh, of personnel. Stares at upcoming topic. Like my, my general manager over at the parts store I work at, he he's compassionate and he's been going through his own stuff lately or whatever at home with his family. But like I told him even before I got hired, I'm like the only thing that I'm probably going to be limited to is a couple of days a week or whatever, but it has to be on a set schedule because I have another job. And, you know, for the past five six months or whatever it's been consistent i was able to balance both of my jobs or whatever because you know he's like we'll make it work i'm like cool thanks you know it might not pay a lot but it still kind of pads my paychecks at every you know bi-weekly so that's compassionate i mean it's it's part-time with them so it's not like i get like vacation time through them or whatever but i do get vacation time at my other job so yeah i mean i counterbalance it but having this, or at least him giving me the opportunity to be able to work in general, to balance out, you know, having these set days is making it, you know, me able to survive. You got to get her a job over at Chucklefish. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Well, speaking of developers, CD Projekt Red leaves last-gen ah. consoles <laughs> behind the Cyberpunk 2077. So, I'm going to read this blurb here. CD Projekt Red has announced that it will soon be ending PlayStation 4 Xbox One support for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, the game's newly released 1.6 update will be the final one for old console generations as CD Projekt Red shifts focus on the game's future DLC and its current PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and S versions. So, let's talk about this. I mean, I mean, to be fair, I know it happens with every generation. Eventually, they start just forgetting about where they started and going to the new one. But that usually doesn't happen until the newer generation has been out for at least 
enough time for people to actually get their hands on a console. Looking at you, Sony. <laughs> well, I know that uh, there's some technical difficulties. I'm not sure if you remember the awesome release of Cyberpunk 2077 and its reception. Oh, it was a trash can on fire, oh. rolling downhill. <laughs> it was terrible. Which, which was also on fire. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> so it was the burning. Hudson River was on fire, is what you're saying. With burning duct tape. Yeah, mm, God, mm. I, you know, I can imagine the smell for that, and now it's stuck in my mouth. Yummy. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I can totally understand because they want to focus more on the next gen generation consoles, mostly because they have the most flexibility in what they can do, without taking into consideration of the limitations of the older hardware. Like, when I bought that game, I played it on an Xbox um, Xbox One X. Not the Series X, just Xbox One X. And it was good. My Xbox One X sounded like a jet engine. Oh, no, like, it did heat, meet a heat threshold, and it shut down. That was, like, the before the uh, Series X and S were released, so that was, like, the uh, the upgraded one, the 4K one, just like Sony released for their, uh, their Pro versions, right? So the idea that you have to take and take into account those consoles is a problem because they want to do awesome things, and I totally get that. Yeah, but then at the same time, the people who can't get their hands on the actual system because they're nowhere to be found it kind of leaves your a majority of your player base in the dust without even if you do happen to release it on a lesser system with a very downgraded version of the game like case in point um five nights of freddy security breach that dumpster fire um it looked amazing on pc like everything was sharp it was crisp it had its glitches because they rushed it. That's another story for another time. But I didn't want to play it on my computer. Little man wanted to play it, so we got it for the PlayStation 4. That thing is a pixelated mess on the PlayStation 4. Like, everything that you would have thought would have been clear is absolutely looking like it's from PlayStation 2 era. It was terrible. And I know I know, 2000, we're in 2022 and technology changes daily, but somebody's got to be able to sit there and know, yeah, this, this system is not going to be able to handle the highest. We get that, but we can still export it to a point where it's playable. Listen, just set down the Five Nights at Friday stuff. Go back. Here's looking at you, Sony, to uh, Spyro and get that trilogy for the kid. Be like, this is what I grew up on. Enjoy, kiddo. Well, my my, my, my man, for for he has three obsessions in his life. He loves Fortnite. He loves Dragon Ball Z, and he loves scary games. <laughs> he, he loves Final Fantasy. So I, it's gonna be a hard sell to do a cute little dragon, but I, I give it a shot. I like. I love. I love Spyro. That's just me. Well, what makes this interesting? I don't know how they're gonna work this in because I believe that they sold a version. See here. Um, hold on. Those who bought this here. So in this article from uh, Game Developer, it says uh, those who bought a special Xbox One X console prior to the game's release uh, were promised the first expansion upon release. It's unclear how those buyers will be affected by them leaving the last generation behind. And that's concerning, right? There was an addition of that particular Xbox, the, the one that I had. Right, that was cyberpunk branded, 
and promised the first expansion for it. So what are they going to do? How are they going to make that work? They won't. That's, that's the unfortunate thing. If they've already admitted that they're not even going to attempt to try something with the older generation, then it's just not going to happen. They're just going to leave all the old old gens in the dust because they're, they're focusing on the new shiny, shiny, pretty, bright things. Right. Well, you know, it could also be like, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but you can only play Fortnite on Samsung phones because you can only get it from the Samsung Marketplace. Yeah, they took it off the um, the iTunes store or whatever the iPhone version is. I'm Apple. I mean, I'm an Android guy. I don't know what they do, but I'm, I heard they took it off of the iPhone market. I didn't, I didn't realize it was on the iPhone market, but I know for a fact it was exclusive to Samsung phones and only through the Samsung marketplace. So maybe perhaps um, because each one of these, each one of the machines uh, should be identifiable. And it's, uh, if, if you have that particular edition and version of the Xbox One X, perhaps maybe it was geared to run it or maybe that's going to be the exception and no one else can run it. Uh, that's all speculation at this particular point, right? But, yeah. Still trashy the way you look at it, though. Especially, really? especially with a game that's already created. Like, the game exists. It's already on the older systems. Why not just just port that over to the old system too because they already bought the game. The only way the only way they're gonna be able to fix it is if they they guarantee you if somebody does get a PlayStation 5, they're allowed to transfer their copy over. It's the only way I see they can get away with it without too much rip, uh reprimand from the from the fans. Yeah, makes sense to me. So either way, we'll see what happens. Um I still, think still garbage. Still garbage. <laughs> I, I be honest with you, I love the game. It was probably one of my favorite experiences. Of course, I didn't run into all the problems everyone else did. I think I had one mission stick, but it was because I was being a side quest whore. Side quest, side quest, side. That the main quest? Fuck that side quest, side quest. Oh yeah. I fixed Jesse's Jesse's stick. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Oh, yeah. watching his playthrough when he comes up to himself was just fucking hilarious. He's like, "We're gonna ignore that for a little moment." He just drives right past him. You don't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he had to take that do these screams like a dozen or so times because he didn't have just enough pain in the in the screams of agony. Well, I was like, how do you, how do you depict your that without it actually happening? Like, you don't know the level of pain that poor dude was going through. Dude, you you got a bio enhanced, you know, cybernetic enhancement installed in your penis, and it starts short circuiting because you went to some back alley clinic. What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> uh, that's. <laughs> That's why you don't fly for your plastic surgery. But at least he wasn't murdered, right? Moida, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Unlike the rest of us, we're all fucked. <laughs> Indeed, especially if it comes to the voice of GLaDOS. Says she dreams about murdering people. Uh, so, if you don't know, I normally pick a lot of these things based on headlines. And that was the most interesting. And GLaDOS is a uh, a staple for any gamer who's been alive longer than 20 years, I think. 
And yep. even still, you play Portal One or Portal Two. Oh yeah, Portal One, Portal Two. Ellen McLean <laughs> is the woman who uh, does uh, Glados's voice. We will have so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> She's insane, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. She has some really good quotes in here, um, as far as that's concerned. I'm going to try to read them off here. Um, an I actor... got two of them reversed, uh, as far as the quotes go, but eh, it's a... I'm, I'm reading it straight from the it's article. okay. Nobody's going to notice. Yeah, nobody can see our Discord. It's a mess. Yep. No. So Details. <laughs> Details. I do need to get some housekeeping in on that. So she says... An actor, I believe, brings the whole brings their whole intellect, emotional life, feelings to any project. You bring your whole self to the project. We all have everything in us. I've never been pushed to the point of murder in my life, but I'm not saying that it couldn't happen under certain certain circumstances. If I had to protect myself or protect someone that I loved, because I've had dreams, I've had murderous dreams in my dreams. <laughs> I've murdered people. I don't have murderous dreams very often, but I have had them where I've murdered someone. And so if you didn't notice, I actually put some uh, extra inflection there just to make her sound like a psychopath, but she's not. No, that's awesome. <laughs> cool. Destroy all humans. Well, <laughs> the thing is, though, she makes a good point because when you even voice actors or actor actors in movies, when they get into a role, that role just becomes their obsession to where they become the character to the point where it does affect their real life psyche. I mean, look what happened with Heath Ledger. He really got into the role of the Joker to the point where it actually sent him off the deep end. So it's not, it's not outside the realm of possibility that you're, you're voiceovering this psychomaniac murderous robot that sure. I'm going to dream about me looking at somebody and yeah, I'm, I'm off them. It's it's it comes with the territory. Like when you dedicate yourself so much to becoming something else, it can leak over to your real psyche. It's not uncommon. Like um, who was the who was the first Joker? It was not Heath Ledger. The one before him that was the big one. Help! Somebody help! Can't think of his name. The uh, well, Jack Nicholson did the first him, yes. one. That's the one. Jack Nicholson. Even Jack Nicholson said th that the role of the Joker is cursed just because of how much it fucked, it fucked him up as an actor. Well, and, imagine what and, happened to Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. So I can see that. I, I can see her having murderous intent with not, without <laughs> actually thinking about wanting to have murderous intent. It just be, you are GLaDOS, so it's going to happen. Yeah, just to set everyone's mind at ease, she did state that she only killed in self-defense in her dreams. So that doesn't make it any better. Well, yeah. Well, while murder is murder, still, but you know, she's still going to murder humans, and good for her. Yeah. <laughs> One less good. human to worry about. Good. It also goes to yeah, say boy. that uh, she's down to do Portal Three. So, Yay! along with, um, what was it? It was uh, uh, Wolpaw, the writer for yep. Portal, is also down for it. And they they asked that you send a mail to Gabe to get Portal 3 underway because they're down. And I'm down. Are you down, Cajun? I, I mean, I've been down for freaking... Um... Uh, Half-Life 3, so I'm definitely down for Portal 3. It might, take as, it might take as long, but it'll come. Crit, you up for thinking with portals? 
Oh, she may have DC'd. We lost her. No. Womp womp. I mean, thinking in portals. Hell yes. Such oh, a fun oh, game. Oh, Such oh, a fun oh, game. So what I would love to see, um, entertainingly enough, is I don't know if you've ever like been around Crit Chicken when she's gone off on uh, somebody for being dumb. She's really good at it. Oh yeah. And yeah. Her her Twitter PvP skills are oof, spicy. I would like to see her cast in an antagonist role in Portal Three because the level of like hard hitting sarcastic wit that she's got is fucking second to none <laughs> so if you could design a a, a a villain for her where she can use that really sharp just stabbing uh sarcastic wit i think it would be really awesome to hear like glados is even like twin sister c-r-i-t yeah and yeah. she would just be like no no nah, you're dumb glados let me let me tear you a new one and let me explain to you why you are a failure of all robotic kind. <laughs> let me put you back in the potato. Yes. To the potato with you. Indeed. So. A factory be... reset will not save you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about covers it. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Amy? I know there's a few other fringe topics that weren't included in the show card, but we've got just a little bit of time because we did stop uh, start a little bit late. Uh, well, one thing that came across my Twitter feed that I am really, really sad about, uh, you may be familiar with a very certain white cat, uh, that has been photoshopped into a scene from Real Housewives of something or other with, uh, the blonde woman and her friend screaming and pointing and across the table, you see the cat being a dick about, and he's got a plate of salad in front of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the cat has passed away. Oh. The, uh, the owners of uh, Thurston Waffles was the cat's name. Uh, he passed away over on the 7th of uh, September, so three days ago as of the recording of this date. Um, unfortunately, he passed away, and it was a uh, sudden thing, and he was well over 15, so... Oh, he did the he good cat a, life. Have to did, pay respects on that one. Absolutely. He was a good cat. Uh, he had even... You know, when they were trying to figure out what was wrong with him, um, they even did a CAT scan. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, no, he passed suddenly, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, I, I love those memes of him. He's uh, the cat that actually does that leg bite gif that you see of the cat just like looking and chomping on that person's leg. That's apparently Thurston as well. Aww. So uh, my heart goes out to Thurston Waffles. Uh, king of memes when it comes to real housewives and saying, fuck you, why did you give me salad? <laughs> rest but, in peace, uh, kitty. Yes, rest in power, kitty. Poor baby. Yes. So that, that's the only thing that's come across my my uh, thing right now. It's, it's very sad. I, I do very much, uh, you know, appreciate that cat for just being an absolute boss when it came to the memes. <laughs> I will uh, I will post a link to the thread uh, on Twitter into both chat and in Discord so we can include it in the uh, description for the episode if people want to read the post that was done. But uh, it is very touching and it's very um, it's very nice, it's very touching, and be aware that there may be onion ninjas uh, after you read all the text. They might be attacking your house. 
Oh no. He will yeah, be held in he will be held in high regard right up there with Grumpy Cat. Yes. The two of them can just look down on the rest of humanity and judge us for the idiots we are. Yes, as it should be. Yes. <laughs> so I think we still have uh Crit Chicken who is uh maybe DC, I'm trying to find out. Uh look in general memeing. So Meow. Uh, buttons. That's fine. Either way, we're, we're about to wrap up anyway, unless there's anything else you want to pack in here before we go. Uh, no, I will mention that she is, uh, disliking all the, uh, the ghouls and the, uh, plague zombies in, uh, classic right now. Uh, I mm. did come to visit her yesterday a couple times to infect her purposely, and she was like, no, why, <laughs> why? I enjoyed that time frame in the game when the zombies attacked. That was so much fun. So we're, uh, I'm your leveling. favorite disease. Yeah, I was working on my engineering, and he freaking comes up behind <laughs> me, and he's like, oh, I have a skull target. <laughs> I have a, look at the skull target. And I'm like, put a not skull really target on her so I can find her. So I'm not really paying attention to it so much because I have my engineering screen up, but I'm just like grinding away, making my explosives. Here, this zombie comes up behind me. He has like less than two minutes on his timer. He's like, hi, sweetie. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, I'm just trying to do my professions. What are you doing? And he freaking throws like this, this plague bomb. <laughs> on the freaking NPCs, my freaking trainer. I'm looking at him like I want to kill him, and I'm just like, "Why?" Top ten anime, funny. Top ten anime betrayals. <laughs> I was like, "Honey, no, please, please kill other people." And he freaking infects me. Oh, like, to, to be fair, I infected like three other people, a bunch of NPCs. I got my ship pushed in, and then I infected Goldshire. Oh, <laughs> oh lord. I ended up dancing. Um, I ended up dancing with a uh, plague zombie who had been infected because they hit me once. They weren't looking to kill people; they were just looking to infect. So they slapped me, so I'd be infected, and then I just immediately slash danced as the bear for a druid. So here's the stupid bear dancing, and all of a sudden the plague zombie just stops and just starts like, you know, going left and right like super super fast to make it look like they're dancing as well. So the two of us are just sitting there waiting for my timer to kick over. And it's just a day we jump on a fucking rampage. <laughs> I was time. like, why do you hate me? I don't hate you. I love you. <laughs> you just, just want to no. infect me and get wait, in the wait. way of my engineering. Just imagine yes. what it, imagine what he'd do if he didn't like you. Oh, man. More diseases. <laughs> I would camp you. I would camp her if I didn't like her. If I didn't yeah. love her, I would absolutely camp because I'm I mean, a horrible no, person. You're probably going to be camping me IRL, so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I mean, giggity, giggity, this, giggity, giggity. This is a PG 13 rated stream. I, mean, I didn't say it was rated. <laughs> we, talked about, we talked about porn hats first episode. I don't really think that's true. <laughs> the level of fucks given are very low. I mean, that's eternally censored. What? That's true. I do have censorship bars all over me. God damn it. You're China's oh, yeah. friend. Cajun, what do you got coming up? Uh, I am actually in full-blown book writing mode right now. I have been writing in my book that I mentioned a few episodes ago because I my my brain loves content creation and I love doing stuff on TikTok and YouTube. But right now, this book is my obsession. I can't just stop. 
So that's what I've been doing, other than finally getting my schedule fixed at work and not working nights and having my normal week schedule back again. Nice. So hopefully that'll that'll balance my content creation back out again for now. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. And playing Vampire the Mask for Bloodlines again. That nice. game's fun as hell. So much fun. Nice. Very nice. So, Crit and Ivy, anything else you want to add to your adventures in WoW? Anything else you got coming up? Uh, just the same stuff for me, at least. Just leveling, being an altaholic, doing the electric boogaloo, hiding from Ami. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm cyberbullying Russian and, uh, embassy accounts. <laughs> That's all we all have our hobbies, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, oh, but I was listening to a little bit of uh, Limp Biscuit, and I, I got kind of disappointed. Um, oh, right. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing to old school. I'm listening to Boiler and the, you know, the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavor water. Yeah, such a good album. And I freaking, I'm like, let me catch up to see what Fred Durst is doing in life. And then I see on his Wikipedia page, he's aged. Okay, he looks like kind of like he's turning into Santa Claus, but it's okay. But uh, <laughs> other than that, he said he got banned from Ukraine because he said that Vladimir Putin was a great guy. Yeah, he he gets uh, he he gets qualified now as a Vatnik, and what? I will put him on the cyberbully list. Uh-oh. Well, cyberbullying is illegal. You can't call it cyberbully. Sorry, uh, corrective actions. There you go. To correct, to correct misinfor- aggressively Aggressive. correcting misinformation. Yeah. Mm. So I was kind of disappointed in that. I'm like, so do I listen to his music anymore or do I stop? Even though they were a subject of stealing uh, lyrics and stuff like that from potential people too back in the day. You can always just classify them with Carlos Mencia and call it good. There you go. Oh, yeah. no. Too old, Carlos. <laughs> Yep. On my end of the world, um, I've been trying to make it a goal to try to at least get an hour, hour and a half of streaming in a night just to, honestly, what I'm doing is I'm plugging in my monitor headphones and um, trying not to interrupt myself because there's a delay for the stream monitor. And I can pipe it through uh, a different audio output. So um, if you've ever tried to listen to yourself and talk at the same time, if it you're not hard. in milliseconds in sync, uh, it's effectively a voice jammer. You get used to it after a while, honestly. It, ma- it I, makes me talk in slow motion. I hate it. Because I, I listen to the stream, like I have the stream audio running at the same time. So it's like whatever you, the delay is to you, it's usually about like eight seconds. And then if I have my monitor running at the same time, like my audio monitor, I hear it right away at the same time. So it's like, eh. well, do it more often, you'll get used to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, like the through through the DSP and this microphone, it's like instant. I don't feel it, but through XSplit with their uh, monitor, pfft, nope, because it's literally like half a second delay, and I'm constantly interrupting myself. So I'm talking <laughs> in segments as to be considerate to myself. But I've been playing Neo Two, and I'm not sure if you are familiar with Neo Two. Negative. Negative. Think Dark Souls, but Eastern and... Um... Oh, Neo! Okay, okay, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. For some reason, my brain didn't click. 
Yes. Oh, oh yeah. I know Nero's. Yes. Yeah, I would do it all the fists. I'm fisting everything. Everything's getting a fist. A fist for you. Fist for me. I cast fist. I cast <laughs> fist. Yes. <laughs> That's a I thing that is happening. I replace monk in World of Warcraft. Hoi hoi. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of these games, and I have, I, I wish there was better unarmed mechanics, and I like the idea of unarmed weapons while still remaining unarmed. Brass knuckles. It actually turns you into a better bludgeoner, which is nice. But um, it's high impact, it's meaty, it's visceral. Things You punch things apart. Sometimes the events, uh, the canned events for like uh, finishing something off that has been exhausted is absolutely hilarious, especially with fists. It's all the fists. I, I have this big-ass axe in my back, and I've used it twice. Everything, everything gets a fist. Everyone gets a fist. You get a fist. Imi gets a fist. Nordic gets a Everybody fist. Everybody gets a fist. So it's, it's this wonderful combination of yokai and, um, and humanoid battle. And you've got to think, rethink your strategy every step of the way because they will kill you. I'm it... just going to call you Oprah Fist Fury. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oprah nice. Fist Fury. Well, I think I know the, my next wild character's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, no. that, that plays off an idea I'm, I'm trying to work on in, in a, for a D&D &D character where he's a barbarian who is master of the art of unarmed combat and improvisational weaponry. Where his best feats are beating a motherfucker with another motherfucker, and his profession could be a butcher, and you could be like, "I both fist things and beat your meat." Yes. <laughs> what would his name be, Crit? Uh. The Tenderizer. <laughs> Gork the Tenderizer. No, 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 no! You gotta, you gotta keep it relevant. But still, fantasy, Adolf. No. Oh, no. Oh no. no! No 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 no! It's it's an actual brand. Adolf's uh, unseasoned meat meat tenderizer. Really? Yeah, I use it on my steaks. See, usually, like when I answer the phone, I'm like, "Thank you for calling Jack's Meat Shack. How may I beat your meat?" Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> that that would bring in clientele, hundred percent. But if other it was than a that, real place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Delicious Sorry. meats. Anyway, so. Other than that, I'll be working on this podcast and promoting and trying to better everything and do all the things for the stuff and all the stuff I've said for the last 10 episodes, which, by the way, congratulations, lady and gentlemen, and otherwise, we have made it. <laughs> Barcode? <laughs> yes. We made, it, we made it to the big 10. Made it, made it to 10. Our, our episodes are now in the double digits. We are official. We are a, a, a stable podcast. I got a mail uh, from it from uh, from Anchor about it. So we, we're official. We've always been official. It doesn't really matter. We don't need a fancy email from some corporate company feeding off our podcast. Right? <laughs> but we will take that gold star. So. Absolutely. Give me my YouTube, uh, my YouTube button now. Anyway. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I'll be working on that. I'm going to try to crank out a bunch of shorts from this episode, last episode, and half of the episode before it, and see if I can get uh, everything moving again. Uh, I'll have this episode up by midnight tomorrow night. Wait, wait, I got one. Red Rover, Red Rover, I deem the show over. Hey,